Live from the desert cities of Southern California, your car is not a refrigerator. Getting all revved up. Now, here's Todd Bianco. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're going to talk, bring a trailer for the next at least couple of of, uh, periods here. Uh, John. Yes. uh, McMullen, who's with me today. Uh, John, you picked last week, you picked a, a, was a... Pontiac Firebird, wasn't it? It was. It was. Uh, uh, it was the uh, T-top one. Yes, it was the Trans Am. Was red. Yep. Very, very red. A 1981 Pontiac Firebird Trans Am four-speed. Uh, it. Uh, it's, Which in and of uh, itself, that was kind of surprising because most of those were a bunch of rental car uh, yeah. type cars that uh, came with an automatic transmission. Yeah, this this one uh, this one had a, a four speed uh, manual, but it had all the other goodies. It had an AM FM radio, air conditioning, electric uh, windows and door locks. It had the the T top panels. It had the bird painted had, on the hood. Yeah, yeah and yeah, the the big the, the screaming chicken on the hood. They had everything, <laughs> uh, and it, it only had thirty eight hundred miles. Well, it was bid to nineteen thousand seven fifty. It did not sell. Really. Yes, it did not meet the the reserve. Wow. So it is unsold. What happens in a lot of in these things is that the What do you the, suppose that thing went for brand new? Uh, probably not more than $19,000. Right. Uh it it wasn't, you know, it, it, no, you have to know the 1981. Here it is. I can find the sticker here. It's about $12,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean of course, it was in today's more, more dollars it it's a lot more, but yeah, but you know today's dollars and all that kind of thing. But it is, you know, it's it's certainly a time capsule. Right. What happens in these things is that oftentimes whoever's the highest bidder, the seller talks to the highest bidder, and they might come to an agreement. You know, you bid it to 19, 1950, I want at least twenty five thousand. Will you do it? And they say yes, and they do it. So uh, I don't know if it's going to come back to bring a trailer, but right now it did not sell. And the other thing that you had was a. 2008 Maserati Gran Turismo, and it was yellow, very yellow. Yes, on the very French's yellow mustard yellow. Yes, and it was black on the inside. It was a lovely, lovely car with only 53,000 miles. Uh, it was bid to 24,750, and it did not sell. Uh-huh. So I mean, twenty four thousand sounds a little low, but I mean, if you know, I, I don't know. So I was a two time um, loser last week. Well, I'm not doing much better than you. Uh, so uh, what did I look at? I looked at, I talked about there was this um, eight thousand mile 1989 Ford Mustang convertible. You know, like looks like it was brand new. It had the five, you know, five liter V8 engine. Right. It had, a uh, five-speed manual transmission. It had, uh, you know, the, the cloth looked like no one ever sat on it. It, you know, again only eighty-seven hundred miles. It was bid to nineteen thousand eight fifty. It did not sell. <laughs> so, so, so I'm a loser on that one too. It did not sell. Although the uh, what was the other one? I did was a Pontiac. Yeah, it could possibly be that with everybody losing their jobs, that nobody actually had the the money to buy these things by the time they came due. 
I think they're lowballing. I think that the people on this website have the money. If yeah. they want them, if they wanted to, they they would do it. Because I've seen other cars go for hundreds of thousands of dollars. So somehow somebody has money. But uh, right. these were sort of like easy to lowball on, thinking that they might just squeeze in under the you know under whatever the the reserve is. Sure. And uh, it didn't happen. So that, it did not happen on that one. Again, that one might be selling to whoever was the high bidder on that, and they might have talked to them. Uh, so I was a loser on that one too but the i think it was the oldsmobile convertible that i had i don't remember i didn't bring it up here but it it, it had already sold by the time uh we, we were uh on the air last week i think i gave whatever it sold for but it did sell uh but I, we already knew that it sold so this week john yes <laughs> you, you picked some very interesting cars Let's start with. And something you know what? So I'm going to just preface this by saying what's funny is between last week with the Firebird, and yes, this week with these two cars, I generally yes. am not a big fan of cars that are the color red. And yet. there's a lot of red in my in my appetite <laughs> yeah. lately. Yes. So let's start with this first one: the 1965 Mercedes-Benz 319 Fire Truck. <laughs> I just thought it was cool, and I thought, you know what? That would be a great iHub radio station vehicle. Now, it would because there is a lot of real estate on that car. You could put any sort of wrap on it. You know, you could you could put signs. You could wrap the whole thing in, in the iHub radio logo. You could do all sorts of things. It looks like a very uh, European 60s-era motorhome. It does a short it? one. And it, it, you know, it probably started. That's where it started life. That kind of a that kind of a car in the factory, because I don't think they have a big you know factory line just for for uh, fire trucks. I think those are custom built when they're ordered. I don't think they're you know just right. you know off the shelf type of thing. So let me read what it says here. It says this 1965 Mercedes Benz fire truck was previously used by the municipality of. Mombach in Germany before being imported to North America, where it was recently acquired by the selling dealer in British Columbia. It's powered by a 1.9 liter gasoline four-cylinder engine with a three-speed manual gearbox, and the vehicle retains firefighting equipment including Ziegler water pump, a ladder, lights, sirens, and more. Uh, it's offered at no reserve with a logbook and manufacturer's literature and previous registration documents in a clean Washington state. So it's in British Columbia. Oh, it says located, it's in, they say it's in Blaine, Washington. Oh, so Blaine is, is right where the, uh, United states, that's right yeah. where the border is, uh, north of yeah. Bellingham. They're off of Interstate 5. Well, this thing only has 18,000 kilometers, which is around 11,000 miles. It probably didn't get driven a lot. And I got to say, at a, with a 1.9 liter four-cylinder engine, it couldn't have been going very fast. Yeah. I mean, this is a big, heavy truck. It is. This is not. This is not something lightweight. Although I have to say that the the, the steering wheel and, and and the gauges do look very very Mercedes. I mean they are you know a classic look, and so even those look you know shiny and and nice. Uh, it's it, but it is amazing. I mean I, I don't know if I'd want to hear the siren though. It probably is awfully loud. I got news for you. I want to hear the siren. You do. I do. I <laughs> I see this being wrapped, uh, and us having it. Uh, it'll probably be. You know, two years from now, but in like 
the Christmas lights and the gay pride parade, <laughs> Black History yes. Day parade or month parade and those kinds of things. So and I, you could I, spray you spray them with a Ziegler water pump. I think it would be so cool. The only thing is, is I'm checking out that uh, shift box for the gears and it looks pretty <laughs> weird. Uh, yeah, I think that it's, isn't it three on the tree? I don't see a stick shift there. I think it's on the tree. You know, it's, uh, I thought it was on the that, steering. Maybe I'm looking at something else. I see the, uh, uh, it's below some gauges. Uh, uh-huh. when you look down the pictures and it looks like two, maybe that's for something else. Um, yeah, but cause I, 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 looks, see the, I see you know, the, shift. definitely I see the clutch and the gas pedal. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's probably something yeah, else I, I'm looking at levers for. So. I, yeah, I, the thing, I the problem is, is that the they're, they're in, uh, I think they're in German, so I can't understand what it says. <laughs> uh, yeah, they are in German. <laughs> like I said, I, I think it's three on the tree. I don't see a stick shift anywhere, so I'm pretty yeah. sure that's on the column uh, where it's being shifted. That could be. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so it was on, an interesting yeah. find, and the only reason I, I, I looked at it was because I thought, oh, that's that's kind of unique. It, it is very unique. I have not. There was a, there was a Toyota uh, fire truck that sold last week on bring a trailer from Japan. They brought it in. <laughs> so there was a Toyota version too. Uh, this one is already starting. It's already at 15,500 and it ends in four days. So it's going to sell one way or another since it's a no reserve auction. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see next week what it sells for. And then your other one is a 350 powered 1928 Ford model a Woody. Isn't that cool? It is very cool. And, and it's powered by a 350 cubic inch V8 modern, you know, engine with a three, you know, with a three speed automatic transmission. So it's sort of a resto mod type of thing. Where we it's should just, just go you know, look it, at it because it's very close to us. It's down in El Cajon. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so it's really not far away. Um, let's see. It says this 1928 Ford Model A is powered by a 350 cubic inch Chevrolet uh, V8. It's a Ford body with a Chevy engine. Okay. Made into a three-speed automatic transmission. It was built by the seller for a client and a friend. And friend. Uh, the project was completed in 2018, and the seller took ownership of the car after the owner's passing in 2019. So the guy pr- pr- dropped dead a year <laughs> after after he got his car. Okay, uh, the steel lower panels are finished in uh, hugger orange. Okay, and the upper body is fabricated from steel tubing covered in bamboo sheathing and custom weaved bamboo panels. Yep. The roof is co- covered by a removable canvas top, and the air interior features custom wood paneling and a fabricated front bench seat. Equipment includes four-wheel disc brakes, rear coil over a suspension, and a dropped axle and a, a transverse uh, leaf spring on the front suspension. This custom Woody is now offered with pictures, surfboards, oh, you get the surfboards, and a clean California title. <laughs> well, so, uh, at 7000 now, now it, this is not a no and this is, you know, there is some reserve here, so it's not a, a no, you know, no reserve auction. It is there somewhere. If Herman Munster was a surfer, this is what I would envision uh, would have been the Munster's car. 
Yeah, I mean, someone spent a lot of money. I'm just looking at this thing. You know, the the, the Chevy uh, small block V8 was sourced from a, a running donor and made it with a three rebuilt three speed turbo hydromatic transmission. Equipment includes a Rochester a Quadrajet four uh, four barrel carburetor, uh, AN fuel fittings, a Mallory dis- distributor, and custom fabricated headings headers. Uh, 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 exiting through removable baffles i mean someone like i guess someone spent a lot of money on this so okay now to be on their the, custom ride on the front on the front bumper you can see uh what looks like a little surfer hood ornament down in front of the license plate yeah too. it's hilarious I, I see it down there someone someone really spent some you know some some money on this this particular car yeah. to be very very personal to somebody and i i'm gonna look at the picture and i you know there's a picture there and it does look like a surfer uh that's on the bumper there there's a little bit of chip paint it looks like on the uh on what would be the passenger side front uh wheel well but yeah that's about possibly, the worst of it yes yeah, it's either that or a bad angle with the with the with the photography. Hard to say. Hard no, to know, it, but it, it was. Chi- I can see it's chipped there, but um, yeah. But it is a cool vehicle, and I love the fact that they used the bamboo. Uh, yes. To to do the uh, to do the side panels there. Yeah, I mean it's 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 very it's very cool to see that all custom done. So, uh, well, uh, when we get back, I've got my bring a trailer picks, which are also sort of interesting ones this time. Uh, there's always something that's interesting on that website to me, and this is Todd Bianco with John McMullen. You're listening to All Revved Up on IF Radio, and we'll be right back. from the desert cities of Southern California. Your car is not a refrigerator. Getting all revved up. Now, here's Todd Bianco. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. Hi, John. And we are talking bring a trailer still. Yeah. Now, here are my picks. This this is a 17,000-mile 1990 Volkswagen Corrado G60. Um these are they never they didn't ever sold that many of them and and the, the idea of selling a, a really hot sports coupe like this from Volkswagen is sort of like out the window they don't sell them these days so you know what it looked this, like to me it looked like a poor man's DeLorean a little bit a lot a lot better made and a lot faster I think um, yeah. this uh, 1990 Volkswagen Corrado G60 is powered by a supercharged 1.8 liter inline four cylinder engine uh, paired with a five speed manual gearbox and finished in silver over black leather interior and the leather is beautiful uh, modifications include European market headlights uh, Bilstein 
Bilstein uh, dampers, uh, H&R springs, and an Autotech sports tuning stage three consisting of an EC, which is a, a, a engine control unit chip, a sports camshaft, and a supercharger pulley. The car was acquired by the seller in the fall of 2019, uh, and uh, brake and ignition services have been performed, as well as fluid changes. So it shows 17,000 miles of software with a uh, removed stuff with all the removed stock parts in a clean Carfax report, and it's in California. Um, let's see. It was uh, Carrado replaced the Sirocco in 1990, and the Carmen bodywork on this example is shown up close in the gallery. So that if you go back and look at the pictures of it, it's really you know exquisite work uh, for a car that probably it was expensive at the time, but today we, we wouldn't think it's expensive. Uh, it was you know, they recently redid the alloy wheels. They powder coated them. Someone spent a lot of money on this car. Uh, the uh, let's see, the wrapped leather wrapped steering wheel frames the Video gauges. Uh, Video is a is a German brand. V like in Victor, D like in dog. Zero. Video. Uh, I I thought when the first time I heard a, a German say that to me, he said, "Oh, you need to, you need to, need." To, it was something was wrong with my uh, fuel gauge in a Mercedes I had. He said, oh, you need to go to video. And I was like, where? Video. What's that? Video. It's in the valley. I said, but what is it? It's the it's it's actually the gauge manufacturer, VDO. <laughs> and the way he said it, I thought for sure he was saying video, and he's not. So um, uh, it's um, it's really a lovely car. I, I, I'm I'm quite impressed. I don't see the many that like this. It has all the power options, you know, power windows, uh, power locks. Um, I never you know, heard it, of, of this model until you uh, pointed me at it today. Yeah, it's it's a fairly rare car. You, they they didn't sell that many of them in the first place because they were more expensive than the Sirocco, and people would rather just buy a GTI. The GTI was less money, and the GTI was the bigger seller of the of the two. So um, the Corrado was just it's just a you know a rare car to see these days on the road, and this one is in you know just perfect condition. So sounds like a I don't Quattro. Know if, yeah, I don't know if, how it's going to sell. It's all it's up to fifteen thousand. 500 now and it's got five days left on it so we'll see what what it comes to reserve on it uh there is yeah yeah yes someone spent a lot of money on on the aftermarket parts on this and and you know to make it look as good as it does uh so i don't think that they're going to let it go for for cheap uh i just i just don't see it uh, and the other one that is kind of another unicorn I hear is the uh, 1999 Isuzu Cross Iron Man Edition 4x4. I am not a big fan of Isuzu's, but I like this. This is a cool truck. It really looks cool, doesn't it? I think yeah. I think it was ahead of its time. I think that if they, if that was being sold today, I mean, you know, Zuzu left the market like over ten years ago or whatever it was, but uh, they still sell all. Uh, they're still a big company and they still sell all over the world, just not here in the United States. And this one is, uh, it, it, yeah, let's see, it's it's a uh, sixty six thousand miles. It's in La Mesa, California. Uh, it was uh, one of approximately one thousand in the Iron Man edition, and is powered by a three point five liter V six, uh, linked to a four speed automatic transmission with a Borg Warner torque on demand four wheel drive system. Uh, it's finished in white over black and red leather inside. The truck is equipped with the Recaro front seats, which is a Recaros are extremely good seats, uh, and that was part of this, uh, this Iron Man 
uh, package, an Alpine stereo, 17-inch fuel wheels, uh, a roof uh, basket, and MagnaFlow exhaust system. Uh, service following the selling uh, dealer's acquisition in 2020 included replacement of both front window regulators. The regulator is the thing that makes the window well go up and down. The window sits on a like a like a like it looks like a cross, and as as you as the as as the motor goes, the cross you know comes narrow becomes narrower and narrower and puts the window up. And when it goes down, the cross becomes wider and wider. So that's the regulator in a in a window. So that must have had a bit of problem. They've uh, replaced that. Uh, it's offered uh, with manufacturer's literature, clean Carfax, and a clean California title. Uh, it has uh, the it has black hood uh, panels and a plastic body ca- cladding on it. It has black wheels. Um, selling dealer uh, has a lot of information on it. Uh, the, the the seats are amazing. Uh, it's got really good car stereo and it has its own backup camera and uh, GPS navigation system that was put in after market. And I think it looks absolutely terrific. Right now, it's uh, the bid is only at five thousand two fifty. It obviously it's not a it's not a no it's not a, a no reserve option. So there's still room to go on it. You're listening to Todd Bianco and John McBone. This is all ripped up on iHeartRadio, Radio, and we'll be right back. from the desert cities of Southern California. Your car is not a refrigerator. Getting all revved up. Now, here's Todd Bianco. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen, and I'm I'm hearing feedback. Better. Okay. That should be okay. Yeah, I hear it now. Now I keep hearing myself back. All right. So the the one thing I'd like to talk like, talk about is there was um, a Lamborghini Jarama that was for sale on Bring a Trailer, and it's a really was a beauty. And what what I thought was interesting about it not only did it you know it was bid to eighty three thousand or eighty thousand it did not sell, but it was such a gorgeous car that it spawned an article in who was it. Uh, Motor Trend or somebody, uh, they they actually had an article because they they saw the car and they wrote an article saying is that Jarama might be the best front engine Lamborghini ever. Ferrico Ferrico uh, Lamborghini himself thought so. So imagine the perfect compromise between the stupendous legendary uh, Lamborghini Mira and the wild and polarizing Espada 2 Plus 2. This car features the Italian company's robust and throaty 3.9 liter V12 mounted up front. It was the final Lamborghini with such a layout. So if you ignore the LM002 SUV, which you should because that was, you know, a really odd duck. Um, Let's see. So, uh, it was uh, to be sure the lineup of a peerless Marcello uh, Gandini to pit, uh, who's the uh, penned the sheet metal uh, design uh, dress rehearsal of sort for the Kuntak uh, that came later and changed the brand forever. Uh, you'll end up with um, Ferrochico's 
uh, Lamborghini's perfect uh, car, the Jamara 400 GT. The Lamborghini you get if you can only have one. They were that impressed with it. And they went on to talk as, as a, you know, at least that's what he told Thoroughbred and Classic uh, back in 1991. Uh, maybe he told other people something different. Either way, uh, he was uh, right. The Mira is a very extroverted car and the later Espada isn't as sporty. The Jarama, named after a region where fighting bulls are bred, includes a V12 making a very healthy 350 horsepower thanks to a six Weber carburetors and its shortened Espada chassis, make, chassis making it nimbler and, than its bigger sibling. And yet it's still a 2 plus 2 with cozy but usable rear seats is what they call it. A uh, careful look at the exterior design reveals a more intricate design uh, that you might f- uh, first than you might first expect. Uh, the tumble home above, which is an interesting term, I had not heard. The tumble home above the belt line is extreme, which is the effect of peeling back the upper quarter panels to reveal deeply sculpted fender bulges. Uh, twin Naka ducks add some aerodynamic futurism, and the uh, semi-hooded headlights uh, preview pop-ups that would become the rage later in the decade. The C-pillar is de- detailing is a little fussy, but the greenhouse is otherwise airy and nicely proportioned. Uh, the profile conveys, conveys pure muscle, and there doesn't appear to be room between the hood and the large rolling stock to find a large V12. Everything's stretched relatively taut over the mecha- mechanicals, save for a lip above the rear glass. Uh, the rear is a bit plain, but there's not but there's not a hatch. You might expect there's a, rather a trunk. Um, let's see. So the 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 bringer trailer listing said what did it say about it? It said that. Uh, uh, let's see. The 72 Lamborghini Jarama uh, was one of only 328 examples built between 1970 and 1976 and is one of just 176 GT models. So they give the chassis number. It was sold new in the United States. It was acquired in Connecticut into, uh, when it was uh, brought into Connecticut. Uh, then in 2006, a Georgia owner drove it 300 miles before selling it to its new owner in 2011. It then spent two years in California and in 2013 was purchased by a Dutch collector, which had moved to the Netherlands. The car was acquired later that year by the current owner. It's a 3.9 liter quad cam V12. We've talked about that. And it is, uh, where is it located? It's, it's still located in the Netherlands. So it was over there. And I guess people were a little bit, you know, skittish about importing it to the United States or whatever. But since it had already been registered here once, it certainly could be registered here again. Uh, it was only built to 80,000. All, all, the, um, all the, uh, the comments that I read about it on the auction said it was under bid and everybody loved the car. But uh, I guess the location was uh, a little bit put people off on, on buying it. But. What a gorgeous car. Uh, if you only had to have one Lamborghini, that would be it, apparently. <laughs> N- now, <clears throat> I don't know if you've heard this one, but auto lenders are letting customers return lease cars, are not, you know, are not letting customers return lease cars. So, <laughs> so if you have a lease that's ending, they don't want your car. <laughs> what are you supposed uh, to do with it? Well, that's a good question. Thelma um, and Louise? 
Well, that you know, supposedly you're supposed they're supposed to take it back, but the the dealers don't want it because they can't sell it. It used to be that they would, you know, they're champing at the bit for your used car because right. they that's how they make their money. They make their money selling used cars because they make more money selling a used car than they do selling a new car. So the, when you get, when you bring back a three year old car from a lease that has you know let's say 20 25,000 miles it's a very very hot commodity on their used car lot they you know pump up the price and they can usually get a good a, a good a good profit on it so this article was in USA today it says the saga of car leases expiring during the coronavirus pandemic has ensnared this woman. Her name is Jenna Figueroa. She is forced to work from her home in Southern California, driving less than she had planned to share. Uh, to, and she and she planned to share her husband's car and return her leased Kia Sportage SUV. The week before the lease was set to end in, on April 11th, Figueroa said she called the dealership from uh, from which she leased the car to schedule a time to drop it off. They told me they did. Didn't have any spaces available because their lot was full. Uh, she's only 34. She works for a hotel management company in Orange, Cal- in Orange County. Uh, they told me that the only way I could do a lease return was if I leased a new car. They literally told me that that was the only option that I had. So she called Kia Motor Finance, and a representative told her that the dealership must take her car back, and agreed. Because it's 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 a lease. The lease says they they take it back. I mean, there's not you know, right. it's, it's, it's a it's, it's a contract. Um, yeah, so that th- they had to take it back, and agreed to call the dealership on her behalf. Uh, when the representative came back on the phone with me, she said the dealership manager hung up on her, so she didn't know what to do. Um, <laughs> the dealership manager hung up on Kia Finance. <laughs> <laughs> I think by default you should just get to keep the car and no financial penalty to you. Yeah, we'd be not pay another thing. You know, who provided copies of her emails? You know, to the to USA Today, uh, Robert Starr, an attorney in Los Angeles who represents consumers against the car industry, said that the onus is on the finance company and that he would argue that refusing to accept the lease return is not legal. When the lease is up, if the customer says I want to return the car, they say well, you you know we won't take it back. They're absolutely breaching their contract, which is you know certainly true the dealership can say i don't have room for it that doesn't matter they still someone has to take the car back and it, you know the, the 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 finance company owns it uh with an average of 300,000 leased cars set to expire each month as the economy struggles during the coronavirus uh you know a crisis industry experts expect told usa today that the automaker and the automakers and their in-house finance companies have uh shifted the burden onto customers by pushing for lease extensions or new New leases. So, uh, grudgingly, uh, what she did is she has kept her car, uh, kept her car insurance at a cost of around 122 a month for the least Kia SUV she doesn't want, but fears that it will be she'll be li- you know she'll be liable for whatever happens. She says that uh, Kia Vervine has tentatively agreed to take her car back on May 1st, and she has received no written confirmation that a $14.95 a day late return fee would be waived. Uh, you know, they, they were, you know, she thought they were joking and yet they're not. I'd take them um, just drive it onto their lot, put the keys in the damn thing under the tire wheel well or something and just say it's yours. Yeah. But wouldn't you want a receipt? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I want I'd them video to sign record that they actually my got it, it off there and, and throwing the keys inside the showroom through a door or something or a key return and, and just that'd be that. Yeah, I mean, I because I, I have a lease that's uh, coming up 
on uh, the end of June. And yeah. the, the problem here in California, especially, if I keep that car for, let's say, three more months, and let's say that Audi agrees to extend my lease on the car for three more months, right? I still have to pay the, 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 uh, the registration fee because right. the registration fee comes due when the car, you know, after, you know, after each year. Right. And so if I keep the car for another year, I have to cough up another, it's almost $600 to register the car. So I have to cough that up as well as the lease payments. And then I give the car back. And of course, I, I think have to pay I would for just start invoicing else. I think I would just start invoicing the finance company for you know all of that stuff. Yeah, I mean it's 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 just ridiculous. But apparently, this is happening more and more. Uh, there's another example says that their lease of their BMW expires later this month, and he was told that a free one month lease extension was his only option and that he spoke by phone last month to the BMW dealership employee. He asked BMW would re- if BMW would reimburse him for the car registration and insurance, typical costs associated with any lease extension. And the dealership employee said, BMW has nothing to do with the registration and insurance, which of course they do, they own the car. I mean, right. you know, technically the finance company to, owns the car. Yeah. You're just renting it. Yeah. Says, you know, what are we supposed to do during a pandemic? Well, you know, it's 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 a it's a lease that ends. I mean, usually they they want it back. So again, you have to talk to an attorney to get to get you know satisfaction on this. this is ridiculous. I mean, I would just literally, I would just drive it onto their lot and leave it, like you said. You know, Todd. Uh-huh. It also brings to mind the fact that people who may be way over in their mileage and are coming towards the end of their leases may actually. Uh, be getting a favor by not having to drive around so much uh, these days uh, because they can kind of catch up and not burn off more miles yeah. that they're going to pay cash I'm, for. Yeah, it's certainly possible. Or, or, or let's say they extend their lease, lease for three months or so. Yeah. Let's say they, you know they're not driving it. Then they actually might come within whatever the, whatever the mileage is supposed to be, right? Right. I mean, that's a possibility. So you wouldn't have to pay for the over mileage fees. I, I, st- I don't know what people are supposed to do. I mean, I know this is a weird thing to, to have happen because it's certainly the first time that this has happened within the industry. You know, so many cars, especially, you know, for like BMW or for Mercedes or any of these, most of their cars are leased these days. You know, there, there are, sure, sure, there's people that come in and write a check for a new car, but that's not what usually happens. Usually that what happens is they lease the car for three years they come back after you know three you know two years and and eight months they trade in their used you know their car that's leased they get another lease car and they get that for three years and that's how the dealerships like like it because they like it's like it's like a guarantee customer comes back every three years gets a new car is happy, moves on, gets another new car after three years. It's it's a very easy way to get people in the door. But now that they don't want the return, what they they don't want to they don't want to have the car. You know that's not up to them. It's you know that's the contract that they signed three years ago. Just because it comes up during a pandemic isn't our, isn't my fault or their fault. Well, it's I mean, probably it going to be something that they're going to give forethought to in terms of how contracts are written for the future. Well, there's always the force majeure, you know, thing where that's, you know, act of God or something, but we'll see what happens. But I would just leave it for them. This is Todd Bianco and John McMullen. You're listening to All Revved Up on iHeart Radio, and we'll be right back.
news, weather, truth, and fun. We're iHub Radio, homegrown in the Coachella Valley. For the love of cars, this is All Revved Up. Here's Todd. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. Hello, John. Um, there was an article in the Desert Sun, I think yesterday or so, that somebody uh, in Desert Hot Springs uh, rolled over in an ATV and was killed, mm. um, which is a terrible thing. I guess, you know, it was off of Dillon Road and, Cork, you know, Dillon, just off Dillon Road. It was on just north of Cork Hill Road. Uh, and uh, it doesn't say exactly what was happening, but. You know, somebody. If you're if you're in a four wheel car, you four wheel uh, ATV, you should there should be at least a seatbelt. And if you're in if you're on a two wheel or three wheel ATV, uh, you should at least be wearing a helmet or something because that would probably save your life. But they are not doing it, so uh, it's it's sad to hear that someone lost their life. But uh, you know, you should try to do something to to take care of yourself, and that would be wearing a helmet or strap yourself in, depending on what kind of vehicle it is. So yes. just a l- little hint for that. Now, another thing I thought that was interesting is that I found an article that talked about, you know, that there's travel restrictions all over the country. And this is a state by state look at travel restrictions. Did you know that California had actually told hotels to close? Uh told them to close yeah i well i mean well with the exception yeah. of those that are being kept open to provide space for frontline workers and for homeless right. people yeah exactly so there's up to you know so there's 150 hotels that are providing discount housing to healthcare workers uh and there's also 800 others that are potentially eligible for this and they've discouraged travel to national parks and things like that uh but uh hotels motels like in arizona are all uh, you know open to uh, authorized guests, which are whatever that is in Ar- in uh, Arkansas. Uh, casinos are closed, which is nice to hear. Um, hotels uh, in Arizona are allowed to remain open. Um, a mandatory 14-day quarantine for most travel travelers arriving by air from New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut went into effect in Arizona. I didn't know that that had happened. So if you fly in from any one of those states, you got a 14-day quarantine to, to, to do in, in, in Arizona. Yeah, similar uh, to what they're doing in Hawaii. If you go to Hawaii, uh, and I think if you're not a Hawaii state resident, uh, you must spend 14 days in quarantine. Yeah. Uh, Delaware, this is an interesting one. Anyone from out of state traveling into Delaware is ordered to self-quarantine for 14 days unless they are just transiting, I guess going through the state. Law enforcement officers are authorized to stop vehicles with out-of-state license plates to ask about recent travel and inform them of the quarantine requirement unless they are traveling on I- and driving on I-95 or I-295 or I-495. A shelter-in-place order is in effect for all all but essential uh, activities, uh, ho- hotels, all short-term rentals in the state are banned through May 15th, and ex- with the exception of rentals to certain groups, including healthcare uh, providers, journalists, uh, journalists are included, and uh, public housing vouchers to victims of domestic violence. Those are included. I guess you get those too. Um, D.C., uh, stay at, you know, driving restrictions, stay-at-home order for all but essential activities in the in, is. It, uh, are in effect travel is allowed for non-residents to return to their homes outside of dc so i guess you can leave dc um, uh, florida I mean, we know florida they've just started opening things up but uh, i think they're they're going to be in trouble and we know that uh, georgia is going to start reopening things as well 
who else had an interesting one? Uh, yeah, Idaho. Stay-at-home order is in effect for all but essential activities. Some counties have individual orders. Uh, anyone a- arriving in Blaine County from outside of the state, for instance, must isolate for 14 days, regardless of whether they are a resident or visitor. So if you're in Blaine County in Idaho, you've got to got to isolate for 14 days. Uh, Indiana, driving shelter, uh, uh, shelter in place order, uh, bans all but essential activities and travel. For instance, non-residents are allowed to return to their homes outside of the state, but are strongly encouraged to verify that transportation out of Indiana remains available and functional before they actually leave. Hotels and motels are uh, only open for lodging for, um, uh, you know, for, for essential workers, uh, Iowa, there's no Iowa has no driving restrictions. Uh, they don't have any dining service in, in restaurants. There is no closure of, of hotels, uh, casinos, campgrounds, and all other non-essential business have been ordered to close. So I guess they're closing the casinos. Uh, in Kansas, a stay-at-home order uh, is is the effect for all but essential activities, depending on the date of travel. Uh, home quarantine for 14 days is required for those who recently visited. Connecticut, Louisiana, Colorado, California, Florida, New York, Washington, Illinois, and New Jersey. It's an interesting choice of states, isn't it? Uh, uh, Let's see. Restaurants are open for takeout only or curbside pickup, and there's no order for hotels to shut in Kansas. Uh, Same thing for Kentucky. uh, Hotels have not been ordered to close. Uh, Other Kentucky state parks are closed for overnight stays. I guess you can still visit there. Let's see. Louisiana has almost no restrictions whatsoever, uh, except for restaurants they cannot open. Uh, concert, music halls, and other places of public am- amusement have been closed. That's big of them. Um, let's see. Uh, Maine, uh, the government has ordered all travel arriving in Maine, except those providing essential services to, uh, to self-quarantine. So everybody has to self-quarantine for 14 days. Visitors are also advised not to travel to Maine from a COVID-19 hotspot or if they are displaying symptoms in, of cro- the coronavirus. So don't come here if you're sick, basically. Okay, well, I guess that's, that's, a, good, that's a good thing. Um, Massachusetts. Let's see. Who else have we got? Oh, Mississippi. There's almost nothing, almost no restrictions there. They do have a stay-at-home order. People outside their homes should socially distance and avoid gathering in groups. Restaurants are open for takeout, curbside pickup and delivery only. Hotels have not been ordered to close. Missouri, stay-at-home, takeout, restaurants only. Hotels wide open. It's interesting how, how some of these have just there's almost no prohibitions and there's a lots of, and, and other ones have lots of things. So Nevada, people arriving in Nevada from out of state are asked to self quarantine. That's everybody uh, and monitor their health for 14 days. Restaurants are banned hotels. Some hotels and motels remain open. Casinos are closed and that's killing Nevada. Um, uh, so there's a lot of these that are going on that are, that are interesting that I don't know if anybody's really obeying, uh, you know, I don't know if any because I see a lot of people on the streets, but f- frankly, and um, I got tested yesterday, by the way, uh, for COVID-19. Oh, good. I, uh, yes, I went to a uh, uh, I went to the VA uh, West L.A. Uh, and I waited in line in my car for three and a half hours. Three and a half hours to get to, to, I mean, it was unbelievable. At one point, you couldn't get out of the line. You're just stuck in this line uh, that's winding all through the VA parking lots and all sorts of, you know, round ways. So uh, I saw lots of cars there. 
I'll bet you did. We were all out. So you're listening to Todd Bianco and John McMullen. We've had fun today. Thank you for joining me, John. Thank you, Todd. Uh, And we'll be back next week with another All Revved Up on iHub Radio. See you then.